Hey guys, today I want to talk about the eight laws to effective boundaries within relationships. If relationships are the heartbeat of life, then boundaries are the veins and arteries that keeps them alive. Boundaries are paramount to the success of any type of interpersonal connection, whether that be parents, siblings, friends, co-workers, people managers, teachers, etc. And I recently heard a story told by the queen of boundaries and one of my biggest idols, Brene Brown, where surprisingly, I kind of disagreed with one of her stances. Now, that brought up some shame internally for me in and of itself, because I never want to refute anyone who has so much credibility in a certain area like that she does. But at very least, it prompted me to think about what truly is a boundary and how does it differ from what we think it is most of the time. And this time, and the reason why I care about it so much is this tiny nuance has fundamentally changed my life in the last five years. And I want to share it with you because it might resonate and help you. And the difference between getting it right and wrong is so small. So the story that she shared was that probably 15 years ago, she was recovering from uh, alcohol addiction and she was uh, in a moment of sobriety and she was organizing this Christmas barbecue. And one of her friends that is in her network, one of, I think her neighbor was planned to be invited, but that neighbor was a little bit of a nuisance because in the last few events they were invited to, they got really, really drunk and apparently caused a bit of a scene at one particular event. Brene describes how she'd given up gossiping for Lent and as a result of that needed to approach the situation directly, even though it was kind of uncomfortable and, and awkward. And the way that she dealt with it is she invited that person over to her house and she sat down with them and in a calm, respectful tone said, I really want you and your family to come to the barbecue this year that we're organizing. The issue is, is that last time we had a group occasion, you got really, really drunk. So if you come to the event this year, you're not allowed to drink. And the person replied, oh yeah, I was super loaded last year. I was really, really off my face and uh, I'll tone it down this year. And Brene replied, I'm not asking you to tone it down. I'm saying, I want you at the party, but you're not allowed to drink. It triggers me, makes me feel uncomfortable, makes my children uncomfortable. And therefore you either come sober or you don't come at all. And that person replied, I wouldn't come to this party if it was the last fucking event on earth. Now, what I do respect about that situation is that Brene confronted the issue and talked about it as opposed to letting it slide. And a big reason why people don't set boundaries is because of a misled sense of guilt that we've done something wrong by having limits to how much we want to be involved with certain behaviors in our life. Generally speaking, we have to get more comfortable with setting limits. How we do that is where the rubber meets the road. In my experience, one of the best things I've ever done is trade the words you should or you can't to if you then. 
Let me explain what I mean. So the eight laws of boundaries will unpack this a bit more. Law number one is the law of protection. Boundaries are defense mechanisms first and foremost. So when we're assessing whether to set one, how to set one, when, where, with whom, it needs to be viewed through that lens. How do I keep myself safe whilst still trying to be in connection with this person? It's not a punishment tool. So for example, if someone's done something that has hurt you, cold shouldering them and removing them from their life and not communicating and all that type of stuff, that's not a boundary. It has to be with the intent to keep me safe and keep them safe as much as possible given the behavior that's being displayed. Second law, and this is the big one, is the law of self-sovereignty. And that's the belief that you can't change anyone. You can only choose to be involved based on the behaviors that they display. And this is where it was life-changing for me. I spent so much of my life making people wrong. I constantly had super high expectations of people. And I'd be the first to say, you didn't text me enough. I wasn't invited to that party and I should have been. And, and here's all the things about you that needs to get better in order for me to be in relationship with you. Now, what the result of that was, was many people being like, Mitch is a fucking pain in the ass and he's too much to have around. The moment that the law of self-sovereignty really dropped on me, which is I need to let people do what they want. It is my choice as to how I surround myself with that behavior. Now, it's important to underscore here that we're talking about boundaries. We're not talking about rules. Rules are used in vertical relationships like parent, child, teacher, student, people, manager, staff member, where you're obliged to behave in certain ways. You're not allowed to do certain things based on the system in which you're operating. And most significantly in times where safety is under threat in a big, big way. So like, don't touch me, you can't hit people, et cetera, et cetera. But when we're talking about intrapersonal relationships and the regulation of psychological safety, we're using boundaries and that's modulating or tweaking how close and how far away we choose to come to someone else. So really the biggest thing to unwire is instead of saying you should or you need to or in future, you can't, that's actually not the way to do it. If I was to approach Brene's situation that I spoke about previously, what I would have done is I would have called that person up and I would have said, hey, we're having a Christmas barbecue this year. Are you planning on drinking? If they said yes, then I get to choose my level of involvement, which is when you drink in excess, it makes me feel really triggered and I feel like my family is somewhat unsafe. So if you are drinking at the party, unfortunately, I either can't invite you or I'm gonna to have to ask you to leave the moment that you pass the limit. That may seem like a tiny, insignificant, inconsequential shift to the way that it was proposed, but instead of you can't drink, it's if you choose to drink, Here's what I will do in terms of my involvement or your involvement with me. And that is where the whole 180 drops. Instead of making people wrong, just allow them to tell you what they're going to do. And then you're going to reciprocate with, well, based on that fact, here's what I can and can't do. Most important word, I. Law number three is responsibility. We are never responsible for other people. 
we are responsible to other people. What that means is there's a reasonable expectation that we're going to fulfill to the best of our ability our role as a husband or as a sister or as a mother or as a people manager. So we're going to try and meet that duty within our limits, but we're never responsible for someone else's decisions, lifestyle, and choices. Similarly, we need to take total and full responsibility for our life, our thoughts, feelings, and actions. When you self-reflect, you'll find that a lot of things in your mind are happening to you. In fact, they're probably something that you're allowing or a choice that you're making. For example, if you ever say the words, you're making me feel, that's a paradox because no one can make you feel anything. You're allowing certain behaviors, comments, and actions to come into your world, then you're choosing a story that's allowing a negative emotional consequence. Now that seems like a really strict, hardline, unfair, thing to say, but actually with that level of accountability, it makes you so much more empowered in not only in your relationships, but in the governing of your own nervous system and your own emotional regulation. It is a freeing thing to be in power and responsibility of your mental state. Law number four is priority and sequencing. Two individuals must be equal in a relationship, particularly if it's a horizontal relationship, like a spouse or a friend or a coworker. By putting your needs or their needs above and below one another, harm almost certainly will be caused. So priority-wise, equal. Sequencing-wise, not equal. You need to attend to your needs first, not more importantly, but first, and then attend to theirs. Like the analogy of being on an airplane, you first need to fit your oxygen mask and then you see how you can be in relationship to that person and what their safety needs are. Law number five is the law of consequence. It is healthy and important for people to experience the consequence of their actions. How many times do we bail people out of a tough spot because we don't want them to suffer the impact of a poor financial decision or drinking too much or using drugs again, etc. That's part of the reason that the system of boundaries works is that there is a consequence. Instead of trying to change their behavior, it's saying you can do this, but the consequence will be I'm going to shift my level of involvement or I'm going to put up emotional, physical or whatever else limits or privileges that previously would have been there are not otherwise had and deliver things calmly and compassionately whilst instigating a consequence. Law number six is tolerance. That's getting comfortable with the fact that you may hurt people by setting boundaries, largely because other people are benefiting from your lack of boundaries. Knowing that there's a difference between the word hurt and the word harm is paramount. You never want to harm people, but hurting people isn't actually on you. Guilt is, I caused your pain. Empathy is, I feel your pain. Check in with yourself. Is this really guilt or is this just a healthy dose of empathy, but nothing needs to change? The only thing I can't do is take on the burden and accountability for the way this person feels. I have to have tolerance that in order for me to feel more safe, that might mean on the other side of the ledger that their level of connection has to slightly reduce but that trade-off or that payoff is not a net zero game and it's necessary for the longevity of both parties in this relationship. Boundary law number seven, emotional debt. Ooh, this one hit home. This was a huge one as well for me. Being loved by someone or receiving acts of care does not inherently put you in a state of emotional debt. Receiving love does not necessarily need to be repaid. 
You are not in deficit because people around you are caring. Each person must give in relationship within their means and within their free will, whether that's emotionally, physically, financially, or otherwise, with no expectation of return. This speaks to a lot of the other laws like self-sovereignty and responsibility. If we're constantly feeling in debt to someone else because they've been nice to us, how are we ever going to have limits or boundaries because we're always in that catch-up zone? That's where things get dangerous, particularly for people-pleasers. Law number eight, respect. Do not judge people for having boundaries. The more you respect their wishes, the more they will respect yours. Especially if your needs are different and you're struggling to comprehend why a boundary is there or they've put a consequence your way that forces you to really dig in to your curiosity and compassion muscle to see how can I show up or at very least accept the fact that that is their boundary and I do not get to choose the limits they place in their life to maintain their safety. I'm not changing them. I'm responding to them, hopefully arriving in a middle ground where connection and safety coexist. Boundaries is a complex gray area and it takes a lot of nuance and practice to figure out. But if there is one message I want you to take away, it's this. The more you can look at your sphere of control and make decisions and choices in terms of your willingness and capacity to be close or far away from someone, the better your relationships will be. Looking forward to sharing the Real Conversations book where we unpack this in full at a later date. Be well.